Will you please bow your head with me and let us pray? When we turn on the TV and we see broken homes, broken lives, flooded places, we see people desperately trying to get away from a place that is not safe for them. We hear about people that in some way, shape, or form can't see why it's wrong to kill the unborn. We wonder where God is. Lord, you know it's sometimes difficult to see or find you in our world that we now live. So many people have come to me and said, where is God in all of this? But then we are reminded that you did not promise us heaven on earth. You gave us the garden, your presence to be in a place that was perfect, tranquil, beautiful. But we are the ones that created this world, not you. We are the ones that said to you that we would like to try it on our own without your Presence, intervention. And you could have left us, but you did not. You did not, you did not only continue to speak, but you sent your son to say, I can help you. I can help you figure out this mess. I can help you to find purpose and meaning in the midst of this chaos and suffering. Thank you that we can be in church today and know that there is a God, a God that loves us and a God that cares. Thank you that we can open up your word and know in it we will find the answers that we many times are seeking for as we can't see or find them in this world. Thank you for Jesus who stepped into this completely broken world and got beaten and bruised and killed by us. But in his coming you showed your love and commitment to drag people through the history but to bring them to you. We are a part of the story, and I ask, O oh Lord, that today you will also help us to discover that. In the name of Jesus, amen. I, only a few months ago, maybe a year ago, heard this term, ghosting. I thought it had to do with Halloween. I thought it had to do with dressing up your kids like this, and you go around ghosting people, ooh, you know, and then you try to get some candy. That's what I thought ghosting meant. Then I was introduced to it by people that knew way more about it than I did, and they told me ghosting is a total unexplained breakdown in communication between you and another person that you thought you were close to. That thing that you are in communication with someone this, you think there's some connection between you. You see this girl is there, but the guy is missing. He's supposed to be there, and she's, hi, I miss you, hello, and then all these question marks. So there's someone that you actually are, have a connection with, and then this person disappears. Did not know this. You can't really see the, see the statistics on the screen of mine, but 78% of millennials say that they have been ghosted after having a date. So you go out with someone, you think, oh, this went well. You know, we had this great conversation and lunch and hope, that's all. And then suddenly this guy or girl disappears from your life. You try to reconnect with this person, nothing. And when I heard all of this, I realized, Luis and I have been ghosted. Yeah, 
Many years ago, we had this couple. We thought we had some connection with them, and then they just disappeared. Later on, we heard they, they moved, but I thought, why would you just disappear? We were trying to reach them, and they gone. I feel so bad now. I've been gofted. I'm going to continue today with my series on Jonah. It'll all make sense, hopefully, in a moment. Last week, only an introduction. Today, we're going to start with the book then, and I'm going to move slowly through it. And at some point, I will talk more about the historical figure of Jonah and the questions about him. That's not for now. That's when we get to the fish. But let's see what this book teaches us about God, about ourselves, and about the world that we live in. And I'm going to do only these few verses today. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Go at once to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. This is the word of our God. So, uh, let me, let me, yeah, okay. Don't read there. Let me listen to me first, and then I'll go there. So, every time when I read in the Old Testament especially, and the word of the Lord came to someone, I always ask myself, how? I've had many people say to me, say, how did God speak to the people when they said they heard that God spoke to them? Especially in the Old Testament. Did God speak to them in a dream, in a vision? Was it an audible voice? When Moses was standing next to this bush that was on fire, did God actually speak to him and he could hear the voice of God? When Moses went up the mountain, how did God speak to him? Then I'm reminded of what you will find in Hebrews. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. So the, the writer of the book of Hebrews had the same sort of question to answer. I think a lot of people said to him, but how does God speak? And the writer of the book of Hebrews said, now through Jesus. In the old times, different. Then I found this thing. So in the beginning, many years ago, our humans used these fire smoke signals. To communicate with one another. I had this really stupid story of these guys that barbecued close to an Indian reserve, and, and at some point all the leaders showed up and said to them, stop doing this, it's a family-friendly place. <laughs> and the guy said, why? They said, well, what you are saying with your smoke signals are not good. <laughs> and they had no idea, they were just barbecuing. But in the old days, they used smoke signals. And then they had a pigeon, you know, with that little thing on their leg, you know, they used that even during the Second World War. And then they had a, tele uh, no, a Morse code, and I can remember a telex machine. Many years ago, when I was in the military, I had to be somewhere, and Luis was somewhere else, and I could only receive a telex or send her a telex with 50 characters almost for every second week or whatever. And then we had a radio, and then we had a phone, and then a fax machine, and then all of this stuff, and a cell phone, and internet, email, and whatever. So if we could have all these different ways of communicating and connecting, that constantly were changing, God did the same. God spoke in a specific time, in a specific way with people, in a way that is, may, not, may not be applicable today anymore. But I know one thing for sure, and that is that the word of the Lord came to you and me today. If you've ever wondered in your life if God still speaks, and if God speaks audible or not, 
Just open your Bible. Just open your Bible. These guys did not have a Bible, but what the writer of the book of Hebrews is telling us, that at the end God came and He spoke through His Word, that's Jesus Christ, and now we have the Word actually in our hands. And how can I say, I do not know what God is telling me if God is saying, I'm yelling at you every day through my Word. I'm not going to send you a fax, a pigeon, TEDx. I gave you a book. And today, when you go home, I want you to know that a word from God came to you. Because God cares. I wonder what would have happened if God would ghost us. What would happen if God decided to ghost us? To break off all communication. I think I irritate God enough that He can say, Ferdy, I've had enough of you. I think I've, I do so many stupid things and I'm so disobedient in many ways and I do not honor respect Him enough that God can at any moment say, I'm done. I'm done. And a few times I can say, Lord, where are you? And God says, Ferdy, I'm done. I'm not talking to you anymore. I wonder how your life and my life would be if God would stay silent. What I find here in Mark is the following. When it, when it was noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. At three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Elohi, Elohi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God can't forsaken himself. That's impossible. Because Jesus is the Son of God. So what happened here? God became silent. His son was hanging on the cross, and he cried out to him, and God just did not answer. That's all he did. The fact that God became silent was so tremendous and so traumatic that the earth, the world, became dark. Because that's what will happen when God is silent. When you look in the world around us, God is speaking loud and clear, but people decided to make Him silent in their lives. And that's why their lives are filled with darkness and suffering and with pain. What the Bible teaches me, the moment when we allow God to be a part of our life, there's life. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring Word of God. The Word of God is the light and the life of this world for us. And that's why God will not stop to speak, because if He quits speaking, we will all die. The Word of God is what gives us life in this world, because the Holy Spirit works through the Word of God. That's how he chooses to work. But this word also asks us a response. Now you see the first one, not the chat. So what's a chat? A chat is when you go to a social event and there are people that you do not know. So what happens? So Ferdy, where are you from? I know why they ask. <laughs> I, I'm from Orlando. No, where are you from? I'm from Kissimmee. That's why I picked up this accent. No, okay. <laughs> All the tourists that gave me this accent. No, I'm from South Africa. Okay, why are you here? Well, the Lord had a sense of humor and he brought me here. That's why I'm here. Okay. So why do you think, whatever. And then it, the story continues. That's a chat. A little bit of a chat. And I, where, are, where, where do you work? What do you do? So it's sort of this... This this lightweight talking, you know, sort of just sharing a little bit of information, then you wander off to the next person and, and whatever. 
I know the Bible quite well, and I can't really find anywhere in the Bible where God just wants to have a chat. It's sort of just not important. You see, if that was true, then I could, if that were true, I could actually take pieces in the Bible and say, that is not applicable to today because God was only having a chat. And that's what's happening in the church now. A lot of people are looking at the Bible and say, well, I think your God is serious. I don't think your God is not serious. I think your God is, is just having a chat with us, but this is something we need to listen to. I can't do this with the Word of God. If I look at the Word of God, I discover that God is always talking to us in His Word with a purpose. Firstly, because He wants us to know His person that we may know how to worship Him better. Now I've said this a few times in my life. What is the meaning of life? The meaning of life is to know God and to serve God. That's the only reason why you are on this planet, is to know God and to serve God. If you miss those two things, your life is useless. Useless. That's why you are. So when God starts to speak to us in His Word, He introduces His person to us that I may know who this God is that I'm actually worshiping. He's my friend, yes. He's my father, yes. But he's not my buddy. You see, there's a difference between a buddy and a friend. I think when there's a buddy, you know, I mess with this guy, and it's all cool. A friend is a little bit more respectful. And there needs to be a reverence for this God that we believe in because he's not a buddy. He's a friend, a father. He's God. The second thing that we find when we open the Word is always something about God's kingdom. God tells us His story that we may know his, we are part of His movement through this time. We look at this world and say it's so completely messed up. God says, oh no, I'm still on my move through this history with my church. And I want you not to only know me, but how to serve me as you are a part of my story. There are 28 chapters in the book of Acts. No. There are 29 chapters in Acts. We are the 29th chapter. The book of Acts did not end with Paul. The book of Acts continues with you and with me. That's part of God's story. The third thing that the Lord wants us to know in, when He talks to us is how to be saved. Because that's what God knows. There's no way that you and I can be saved without His presence, without His intervention. That's why the word of the Lord came to Jonah. It had to do with God's person. It had to do with God's kingdom. It had to do with salvation. Because that's always what you will find when God starts to speak. And in the word of God, He speaks to us daily and every day. But the response is needed. Go at once to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. Go do something. I love music. I do not know if you guys do. Uh, I like classical music. All the way from Bach to the Beatles sometimes. You know, when I drive in my car, I, I listen to sometimes a song pops up and you know you turn up the volume, not as loud as the other guys where the car starts to bounce. You know, a few times I stop the guys next to the street light and the car sort of bounce. You know, because of the now one of their ears. What are their ears? Must how can they do this? I once said to a guy, his window was open, I said, you need a license to broadcast? <laughs> I'm not sure if he thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. 
But we need to go. We always need to go. There's a response. Because when I only listen to music, it touches my heart. But I've never really had a song change my life. I don't think maybe a Christian song, but I've never listened to a song that any person sang that I really enjoyed that actually made me act different the next day. And that's many times my biggest concern is that we have a wonderful worship experience, I assume, in our congregation. And I hope you guys appreciate because we really work hard to, to introduce you to our Lord and to His Word. But I'm always concerned that people may walk away from a Sunday worship and say, it was great, it was like listening to a fantastic song, but if it didn't change your life, all we did here, useless. Do all the things without murmuring and arguing so that you may be blameless and innocent. Children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world. It is by you holding fast to the word of life that I can boast on the day of Christ that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. I've been reading through the book of Philippians now for probably a month. I'm in chapter 2. I've read this verse, I think, on Saturday, on Friday. Now I'm going back. Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday. So in the morning when I wake up, I, I read my Bible, and that's what I've been reading now for four or five days. Because every time when I read this, I ask myself, so, Lord, you want me to do stuff without murmuring and arguing? You know, isn't that what we do? I murmur and argue, you know, at home about the dog. I don't have a dog, but if I had one, I would probably. And about the cat and about what? I don't want to say my wife. No, she's in church. So, so we murmur and we complain about all these kinds of things. You want me to do stuff without arguing? And I need to call AT&T again because this is not working. Am I going to do it now differently because it says something about arguing? And then I got stuck here. I need to shine like a star in this world. I step out one evening, I look at the sky, and I realize the living God wants me to be like one of those bright spots in this darkness. Ferdy, how can you be, you be a star today in this dark world? I've asked myself since last week, Tuesday. I'm, I'm probably not done with this verse yet because I need to figure all of this out. Do, do you realize how important it is for us to read the Word of God and to try and find the response that I as Ferdy or you, whatever, needs to have on His Word? I can't just do all the things, go through this. Because maybe my go needs to be different. To go to my wife or my kids or my neighbors or the people I work with and say, I'm sorry, I've been arguing and the Lord says I shouldn't. I've been complaining and I should not stop. I should stop complaining about the stuff that irritates me so much. Become a cynical person. I'm sorry. You see, the go can be different. For Jonah, it was geographical. He had to go somewhere in physical. He didn't really want to do that. We'll get to that, not today. That go can be ethical inside me, an ethical question. It means that I need to change certain things in my life that are not right. And these ethical questions have to do with the people that I surround myself with. It has to do with people I interact with. And how do I actually become in their lives? Am I a star? 
or am I a daytime vampire? Do you know what's a daytime vampire? It's someone that sucks all the life out of you, that brings darkness. And when you are done with that person, you are deflated and dead. There are some people around us that are like this. Within five minutes when they leave, you are just done. That's not who God wants us to be. Never, because we've got Christ in your lives. I need to be different as I go with the people that surrounds me in my circle. Because it all has to do with obedience. I cannot not listen to what God is asking of me to do. My second last slide. <laughs> and then Jonah ghosted God. But Jonah set out to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. That's what he did. He ghosted God. God said, hey, Jonah, let's have a conversation about what you need to go and do. And Jonah said, no way. If he could, he would have blocked God on his cell phone. He would have deleted his email address. He would have unplugged his phone. He would have done all the stuff that we sometimes now do. Put his Bible underneath the bed, not on the, the lampstand or the, or the bedstand. Hide everything. Not go to church. I do not want to know what God has to say for me because I don't like it. That's the problem. You see, God steps on our toe frequently. And I don't like it. I want to walk and run wherever I want. And God sometimes says, you can't go there. God, don't tell me these things. So I will just ignore you for a moment and say, I didn't know. God says, that won't count. You knew well enough. He ghosted God. Went in the opposite direction, but that's for next week. You know, this is my final statement. We wake up in the morning and we think about our day, all the things we need to do. I need to take the trash out. I need to make sure that the dishes are done. That's now for people average. I need to make sure the house is sort of livable. Then I need to try to find my way to my work without being killed or killing other people. And then when I get into my office, I need to work through all the administration, the people and the demands and all the things I need to do, try to find something to eat, rush home in the traffic, that's also bad, you know. And then eventually I get home, I fall down on the couch after I ate something to eat and just want to watch something on TV that I can relax a little bit before I fall back into bed. This can't be our lives. I'm so sorry. You see, when you and I wake up in the morning, the first thing I need to ask myself is, how can I serve your only holy kingdom today? And evening when I fall in bed exhausted, I need to think for a moment, what did I do today where I shone like, shone like a bright star in this world and maybe made an impact on somebody's life, even though small? You see, it's an honor to serve God's kingdom. It's not all that has this privilege. The people out there that do not want to be a part of God's kingdom miss out. They miss out on God. When Fernand was this big, he started hanging out with me in the garage. Now, little Rena on Friday afternoons, I take care of her. That's why she wants to sit with me here. Now, I don't sit and stare at stuff when she's with me. I do things. I work in my garage, take her to Lowe's. Man, she knows Lowe's now from top part to bottom. She knows all the screws. But I remember when Fernand grew up with me, my son, one day I showed him how to do something, and he was sort of, wow. 
If he was sitting in his room playing video games, he would have not seen what I could do and show him how to fix something. And now he took his whole air conditioning apart a year or so ago. I wouldn't even do that, but he did. He said, you told me to take everything apart. Okay. If you hang out with God where he's working, you will see God at work. If you are playing video games and you do not hang out where God works, you miss God. The moment when you are start to do something for God's kingdom, even though just being polite to someone at work, you will see the hand of God touch your shoulder. But if I stumble through life and I'm just looking at my own stuff, and God is working there and I'm just doing my own thing, I miss out on the presence and the mighty hand of God. So this week, shining stars, all of you, amen.